John chapter 14, verse 18, I will not leave you fatherless, but I will come to you. Geneva Bible translation. I will not leave you fatherless. King James, New King James, I think both say, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you fatherless, but I will come to you. James chapter one, verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Notice the word fatherless, to visit the fatherless. Um, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When Jesus said in John 14, 18, uh, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to leave you uh, comfortless or fatherless. He said, I'm going to give you another comforter or another father. Who is that? Well, that's the Holy Spirit who uh, hadn't come because Jesus hadn't ascended to his father. He said, but if I don't ascend, he's not going to come. But if I ascend, I'm going to send him to you. And so, uh, so that we would never be alone. You're actually, when you become born again, a child of God, you accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you are marked with, I, I think of it as like a, a non-painful, I guess it's painful to your flesh though, so maybe it is painful. Brand like you, you, you brand a, a, a cow or, or something like that. Years ago, I went out into the um, farms of Idaho in the fields, and uh, my friend had me um, help them uh, gather up little calves, and we branded them and dehorned them and did other things to them. And so uh, it was quite an experience. Castrated them, you know, and uh, man, it stinks when it when it burns in. But we are marked with an eternal mark on our spirits by the Holy Spirit of promise. Jesus said um, that he may live with you forever. And so we have a guarantee from the word of God that cannot pass away that when you are born again, you forever have the Holy Spirit. You are never alone again. You are never alone again. You are never alone again. Hallelujah. That's good news. That doesn't mean that you don't need to be with physical people. I mean, uh, God said before the fall, you know, this was before the fall. He said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. So it's not good to be alone even before the fall. Sin had not even entered man, entered, entered the human race. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so uh, uh, that's still true. But you have someone on the inside of you. It is the Spirit of God himself that will lead you, guide you, teach you, encourage you, strengthen you. And so we're talking about, uh, I think this is our third message in the series, and we've called the series Encourage, which literally means to infuse with courage. And the chief encourager is the Holy Spirit of God. And if you and I yield to the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, God's own spirit, we will in, be encouragers. I mean, you're a slave to the one you obey, the Bible says. 
So whoever, whoever you yield to, I mean, people yield to evil spirits and they take on the personalities of those spirits, the desires of those spirits. They yield their flesh to those spirits and then they accomplish the will of those spirits. And so uh, we, we just have the privilege to yield ourselves to God's own spirit and then we uh, take on the desires of God's spirit, which is to infuse, one of the main things uh, is to infuse with courage. Uh, William Barclay defined uh, the paraclete as, uh, which is the Greek word for uh, the Holy Spirit, and it's the Greek word for comforter right there. Same root word. Uh, the parakletos, the spirit, is the constant illuminating, strengthening, enabling presence of Jesus. I'm, I'm going to read that again. He is the constant. He's always there. I will never leave you or forsake you. Was it Psalm 39? If you go up into the heavens, 139. If you go up into the heavens, he's there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and guide me. In other words, you can't go anywhere where the Spirit of God is not. And so he is the constant. Anytime you look to him, you can feel unspiritual or you can feel spiritual. You can feel ungodly or you can feel godly. But I tell you what, when you're born again and you look to the Holy Spirit on the inside, it doesn't matter how you feel, he's still there. Illuminating. He will always bring light. One thing I love, I mean, I love so many things about the Lord. My confession is I love everything about the Lord. But there's some things that, you know, you're kind of like, whoa, that's interesting. But one of the most amazing things about the Lord is that <laughs> he's, he's uh, not like men. <laughs> he's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Well, one of the most amazing things about the Lord is in your time of testing and trial and temptation and difficulty, he does not say, well, what's wrong with you? You're having a really bad time. You deserve that. You must have displeased me. No, he provides a way of escape. He's constant, illuminating, showing the path to get out. So he will never condemn you. You feel condemned. A lot of times the reason you feel condemned is it's your own spirit that's condemning you because your own spirit is like, what on earth are you doing? That's not who you are. Um, strengthening and enabling presence of Jesus. The constant, illuminating, strengthening, enabling presence of Jesus. It means to exhort or to urge, inciting a person to a certain action or emotion. It is used for exhorting troops who are about to go into battle, to accept the risk of battle. It's the rallying call. It's the word used of the speeches of leaders and of soldiers who urge each other on. Come on. You can do this. 
You're not even doing this in your own strength. You have a greater strength than what you, you, you personally uh, produce. You have a strength that comes from God. You have an ability that comes from God. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things and you don't need that any man should teach you. You got the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you and as, as much ability as God has to make his own spirit real to you and speak to you and make you be able to hear his spirit and follow his spirit and walk above the forces of darkness as much defeat as Jesus did over the devil and all the power of the devil. That's as much defeat as you have over him, which I suppose is as much defeat as almighty God has the power to defeat an enemy. So much so that in Colossians, he said that he defeated principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them. You know, we don't see this as much anymore, but you know, they used to come and take the, the nation or the people, especially the kings and the heads of the military forces that they defeated. And when they came back, they would come back in a, a parade of triumph and they would have the, the, the leaders and the prisoners locked up behind them so you could see how utterly they had defeated them. I'm not saying we should go back to that, but I'm saying God did that. With the devil, one translation said he, he stripped him naked for all the world to see. In other words, if you see the devil the way God sees the devil, you'll see him as powerless and utterly defeated. The Bible does not say that the devil is a roaring lion walking about seeming, seeking whom he may devour. He is not a roaring lion. Amen. The Bible says he walks about as a roaring lion. He seems like, uh, my translation would be paraphrased, he seems like a roaring lion. You know, and so then I think of the Wizard of Oz. You know, he's got that big uh, amplification system and, you know, changing his voice. You know, I don't remember what he said, but. I just remember the part, don't be afraid of the man behind the curtain, you know. Just some little guy trying to be some big somebody. It's like you drive by somebody with this, I'm going to insult somebody here, but it's okay. Like a, a big old truck with big old wheels and whatever, and it's a little guy that gets out, you know. <laughs> I'm not meaning to insult you. Praise the Lord. I've ridden in a truck like that. but The paraclete is therefore an encourager who puts courage into the faint-hearted, one who nerves the feeble arm for fight, one who makes a very ordinary man cope gallantly with a perilous and dangerous situation. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to... Uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't know. There's just something. I just feel like praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is always good. He is a good God. Psalm 119 I think it's verse 68, you are good and you do only good. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. James 1, 2. 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Amplified. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, when you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Uh, ESV. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Message translation says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> oh. Let's do New Living. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When's the last time you had a trouble or a test or a trial, difficult time coming? You're like, well, this is an opportunity for great joy. Well, one translation says, consider it maximum joy. Consider it maximum joy. Oh, this is, the, this is the most joyous opportunity. I've got an opportunity for great joy. Uh, why is that? Well, let me turn in my Bible over there because I, I was doing from my notes and I, I like to, I just love to look at it. Knowing this, verse 3, that the trying of your faith or the testing of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, we're going to come back to that, but i got to give it text because you have flesh, and I do too. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it will be given him. Let him ask in faith, though, nothing wavering, that, uh, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind." For let that not, not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let therefore, I want, I want to see if I can skip some of this. All right, verse 13. Well, I'll do, do verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Here's where I wanted to give our flesh some context. Let no man say when he is tempted, uh, you know, that word temptation is the word for test, trial, temptation. So let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. Or when he's tested or has a trial, I am tested of God or I have a trial from the Lord. Let no man say that. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempts any man. So we can go back to the first part, count it all joy, and you face tests and trials or all kind of temptations. Why? Well, these are not from God. Let no man say this is from God. God is not tempting you. God's not bringing trials your way. That's the devil. That's the enemy. But God is so good that if we do things his way, we can enter into His ability, His strength, His victory. In Him, we're more than overcomers. Not just an overcomer, you're more than an overcomer. In Him, in your union with Him, when you live your life from the life that flows from Him into you, when you live your life from 
His wisdom, His word, His ability, His spirit. See, see, when you are born again, when you give your life to Him, you have given your life to Him. So it's no, you know, it'd be great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that many people here are born again, you know. But I have to tell a bunch of people who are born again, and maybe some who aren't. I have to tell you that when you receive Jesus as Lord, you're giving up yourself. So it's no longer about you. And everybody said, Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. All right, we're gonna come. We're gonna come right back over here. Go to First Corinthians. Excuse me, Second Corinthians, chapter one, real quick, and then we'll come back to James. Second uh, Corinthians, chapter one. I was driving on a very long drive a few years ago, and the the Lord just shine such a bright light on this passage of Scripture for me. I love when you, spiritual things never grow old. And, uh, you know, you can revisit them anytime when you yield to the Spirit. And you get back and you're like, wow, that, that is so amazing. So while you're in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he said, uh, knowing this, why? Why can you count it all joy or maximum joy or just the most amazing joy? Why? Well, knowing this, that the testing of your faith works patience. That's the Greek word hupomone. It means the ability to endure or to stand. And then I have to update the word endure because a lot of times, you know, I had somebody one time that came to me and because uh, I love this Greek word hupomone. And they said, uh, well, endure, that just is like, I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. We're supposed to endure? And I'm like, well, what are you saying? What is Endurance. Like, oh, I just have to go through this. It's a terrible thing. You know, I'm going to be, you know, maybe somebody like thinks of uh, going through a sickness and the entire thing and I'm enduring and that's what the Bible says I'm going to do. That is not endurance. That's not what endurance is. So uh, the Greek word hupomone, uh, probably our best English word is endurance, but enduring is not in a, a, uh, going through something in a defeated way. It literally means the spirit which instead of turning away from a strong storm will turn and face the storm and say, bring it on. I'm going through this. It is not a spirit of defeat and it is not a, a spirit of resignation. It is a spirit of triumph and victory. And so he said, count it all joy because these tests and these trials are working something in you that is precious. Verse four, but let hoopamone have its perfect work. Let endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect. You come to a completed end. Uh, it's a good way to think of it is that you may mature entirely wanting nothing, that you may be perfect and mature 
uh, wanting nothing, desiring nothing. Like in other words, I have everything I need. This is more precious to me than anything else. This is the most precious thing, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, we live by faith. We walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13, we having the same spirit of faith as what? Well, the same spirit of faith as David had. He's quoting the psalmist there. The same spirit of faith as David had. Well, what did the spirit of faith that David have, how did that cause him to respond and to act when he yielded to that spirit of faith? Well, what did he say next in 2 Corinthians 4.13, verse 14? I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Can you think of any time when David spoke? I think of two significant times when David spoke. I mean, there's probably many times, but the two that come to me right now are, number one, David and Goliath. I mean, Goliath, when he's talking to Goliath. He said, how dare you come against the armies of the living God, you uncircumcised Philistine? Why do we have to get so graphic suddenly? Because we are in a covenant and circumcision was an outward physical sign of the old covenant. In other words, we're talking blood. In other words, we're talking David and all of Israel had come into covenant with God himself. And when you come into covenant with God himself, every, and, and really, if you, if you have a, uh, the Bible kind of covenant, everything of the weaker one is swallowed up in all the strength of the stronger one. And so there becomes a commingling of the blood. And you, you come together so that everything that God has becomes everything that you have. And when you're in covenant, if I'm in trouble and I'm in covenant with, with you, it doesn't matter where I am in the world or if they start taking trips to the moon and I go to the moon or Mars it doesn't matter where I'm at. If I call on you and you're in covenant with me, you drop everything and you come. Your resources, you send your resources, you come yourself. And so David said, how dare you defy the armies of the living God, you uncircumcised Philistine. This day, I'm going to cut your head off. And he did it. Well, he had the spirit of faith. Well, we have that same spirit of faith. God is not a man that he should lie. I want all of us to make a, 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 a decision this morning that we are not going to lie any longer. You should just decide, I'm not going to tell any more lies. No more lies. Somebody said, well, I, 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 I don't think I'm telling lies. Let me just ask you this question. If we have... Who is we? Every believer. The believers. Paul and the believers he's talking to, the believers at Corinth. And that would apply to the believers here today. So if Paul said to the Corinthians, we have the same spirit of faith, and we can say that of ourselves, we have the same spirit of faith, why are your actions lying and saying that God is not true? 
we have the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that ran at a giant with their mouth wide open. Saying stuff. Your confession. I mean, this is how we got into the kingdom of God with our confession. If you believe in your heart and make a declaration with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is my Lord. You will be saved. I mean, the thing that got you into this whole kingdom of God was your mouth connected to your heart. I have believed, 2 Corinthians uh, 4.14, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Why do we speak? Because we believe. So don't, don't lie anymore with your actions. You have the same spirit of faith that David had when he went at that giant with his mouth shut. You know what would, 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 would cause a leap forward in the life of every believer to stop and say, I have the same spirit of faith and let that meditate on that, chew on that, let that dawn on you, speak that, and then act like it's true. I have the same spirit of faith. This is just a marvelous opportunity to prove that the word of God is true. This is a marvelous opportunity to prove that the devil does not have authority over me. This is a marvelous opportunity to prove that Jesus overcame in the flesh the power of the flesh. Come on, the flesh has a power. The flesh exerts a power. The flesh has a draw. The, the flesh exerts a drawing force upon you. But Jesus came in the flesh and defeated the power of the flesh, defeated the lusts of the flesh. And not only did he defeat the power, he paid the price for all of the sins of the lust of the flesh. So that even if you don't resist, you think, well, yeah, but I messed up, you know, I've done this or I've done that. Well, just don't live in that. There is, there is a path to freedom. There is a way that you can actually have all of those sins completely expunged from your life and from your being. The first way is to be born again. The second way, if you're born again and you have sinned, is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, confession means to say the same thing. Come on. Don't slip into self-righteousness. Oh, no, I didn't sin. I didn't do that. Well, I, I, I was tired. I was this. No, you just admit it and quit it. You confess. No, I, I shouldn't have done that. You know how much freedom is in that? The devil is a liar and a deceiver. He makes it seem like, oh, you should just cover it up. You should just pretend. You should. Why? Because he's got you then. You're living in the consciousness of failure. You're living in the consciousness of a mistake. But Jesus didn't shed his blood for you to live like that. Because, you know, the blood of bulls and goats and all these animals could just cover over sins. But the blood of Jesus, we learn in Hebrews, actually will cleanse not only you from the sin, but it'll cleanse your conscience. It reaches as far as your conscience that you have no more consciousness that you have sinned. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Any lack of rapport with God. Anything like you think, well, this displeases God. Well, I'll tell you what displeases God, to not walk by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And walking by faith is not like, you know, I prayed and received Jesus Christ as my Lord 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five days ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago. I, I did that back then. No, faith, faith is not yesterday and faith is not tomorrow. Faith is now. So when you did that five days ago, 50 years ago, you know what happened? That was a decision to turn your entire being and life over to Jesus as your Lord. Which means you live by your relationship with him which comes from the word of God and his spirit. We walk by faith, our reliance on him for everything, for your direction, for your wisdom, for the plan for your life, for your healing, for your deliverance, every part. You've turned to him. It literally means that you have turned away from uh, every evil thing, every worldly thing that you might want to grasp to for confidence, like we talked in the time of giving and receiving about command them that are rich in this world that they not trust in uncertain riches. You know, Jesus said it's harder than a, a, a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven for, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You know, why? Because you have to release your trust in those things and put your trust in him. It is actually a turning away and a turning to. That's what faith is. So if I'm living by faith, then I'm living by being turned towards him. So I'm constantly, okay, Lord, what do you want? You know, I find out most of that just through reading the word. And if the Holy Spirit ever says something to me that's not in the word, that's not the Holy Spirit. You know, it's the most dangerous thing to make a life-altering decision where you're not full of the word and full of the spirit. You know, I know you've never done it, but uh, you know how you can justify things? I don't know why I looked at you when I said that. You know how you can justify things? Like how you're talking to your husband or your wife? And, uh, oh, let's just make it real not, not so uh, painful on us. So we'll look. Why is that? Well, because sometimes when it's too painful, you, re- you, you reject it when you should accept it. So let's not make it too painful. So, so you're married to somebody or you're, you know, have a really close friend or something and you went on a trip together and man, you are exhausted. You are so tired. And so they ask you to do something and you've been like unpacking and doing this and doing that. And, and they say, hey, would you? you know, like, well, fine or something. You know, you're just kind of short. And you justify it, why? Well, you're tired. You have jet lag or whatever, you know, road lag. So, so you justify it. 
Well, you live with your life turned towards him. Well, you, you're going to immediately know, like, I should not have done that. Well, don't waller in self-pity, like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. What, maybe it was bigger than that, what you did or whatever. No, no, no. You just release that right away. It does not get easier the longer you wait. I can testify to that. You might as well just rip that Band-Aid off now. So, just, I'm going to pull it really slow so I feel every hair coming out. No, just do it all at once. So, shoot. Say, Melody, I apologize. I, I was too short with you. I know I was tired, but that's no excuse. I'd like to use that as an excuse, but that's no excuse. You know? Or in my case, my wife would be like, oh, that's okay, you're tired. I'm like, well, it's not really okay. It's still not. It's not walking in love. So uh, please forgive me. Right? And then I say, Lord, please forgive me. I should not have done that. And then I, then I uh, you know, quote the scripture. You said, if you confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, Sometimes it's done when you do that, but that's not, it's not always done when you do that. It's certainly done with the Lord. And if your spouse or friend was honest with you and uh, not just mouth and words, then it's done with them. And they shouldn't be bringing it back up. If they're bringing it back up, it, they're, they're in the wrong. But it may not be done with you. Because many people think that they're receiving the forgiveness of the Lord, but they are not forgiven themselves. How do you do that? By faith. What's faith? How does it get faith? Faith comes from what the Word says. So what's the Word say? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You either believe that or you don't. If He cleanses you from all unrighteousness, then you, you may believe God forgave you, but then why are you acting like you're unrighteous? Because, again, you know you're calling God a liar through your actions. You don't believe what the Word says. You're not acting like you believe what the Word says. Faith without works is dead. So you got a dead kind of faith. No, the Word says. So you get excited about it. You can, pre, you know, meditate yourself happy. You said, you're faithful and just if we, if we, we commit sins. And if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I could go off on that, but we got to get to where we're going. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And um, I'm going to begin reading with verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God, even the Father. Look, there's the word Father again. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father. Look, there's the word Father again. Well, why am I emphasizing Father? Because, because this comforter is an infuser of courage. And a lot of times we identify a godly father as a father who won't let you just sit and waller in self-pity, but says like, all right, I know you fell, I know it hurt. Brush yourself off, check yourself out, 
get back on that horse again. Get back on that bike again. Right? In other words, you're not going to be defeated by this. Come on, it's the speeches of soldiers and leaders who will take a timid person, a timid group of people, and infuse courage into them. And this is what God's own spirit is doing to us if we would open our hearts to listen and to hear. Now, listen to this, because this word, in the King James at least, this word comfort is all over this passage. And so I want you to, when I read the word comfort, I want you to think of infusing with courage, right? Maybe I'll just exchange those words. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all courage, right? Comfort. Who comforts or who, who infuses with courage us in all of our tribulation or tests and trials, that we may be able to infuse others with courage which are in any kind of trouble by the courage which we ourselves have been infused with by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, our um, consolation also abounds by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your infusion of courage and salvation, which is effectual in enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be infused with courage, it is for your infusion of courage and salvation. You understand what he's saying? It is a an incorrect conception of pleasure to believe that what you actually desire and will bring, bring you pleasure is lack of problems and difficulties. No, what brings you pleasure is overcoming the problems and difficulties with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We have the same spirit of faith. Come on, I guarantee you at the end of the day, David was so infused with courage after he acted with that infusion of courage and let God work through him to defeat the giant and get the king's daughter and return the glory to the kingdom than he would have if he had just delivered the cheese and bread and whatever he delivered and said, I'm just a little kid. What can I do? Let me just say, I mean, I, I just tend the sheep. You guys are the warriors. You guys are the fighters. So I'm taking your cue. Thank God he didn't do that. No, he had, he had another spirit in him. Spirit of God, which is a spirit of faith. And he yielded to that spirit. That is a overcoming spirit. That is a devil-whipping, dominating, flesh-overcoming spirit. Oh, let's keep going. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering, so you will also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure... Above strength, in other words, we were, we were out of strength. We needed more strength than what we had. 
insomuch that we despaired even of life. We might as well die. This is so horrible. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. Huh. So it's kind of like you, sometimes you have circumstances that come against you, tests and trials, the devil sends your way, he'll see to it that it comes your way. I mean, just because you're in the, a fallen world system, it'll come your way. Not every sickness and disease that comes against you is a, a devil from the pit of hell, but every sickness and every disease that comes against you originates from the pit of hell. The, the distortion of divine health, God's health, uh, came because of sin and because of the enemy. And yeah, some sickness and some disease are demons. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. In the margin of my Bible, it actually says, uh, for the word sentence, it said, we had this answer of death in ourselves. That we should not live to ourselves, but in God, we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver. You also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Verse 12. For our rejoicing is this. He's talking about the infusion of courage again, the comforting, and the tests and trials again. And now what he's talking about, I shouldn't say again because the other one was James talking about it. What's he talking about here? Rejoicing. Count it all joy. Rejoice. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, that means manner of life, in the world and more abundantly to you word. Well, what's he saying? He's saying, this is really good for us. I mean, it was bad. It was so bad, we ran out of strength. We were pushed out of the plans that we had, pushed beyond measure, pushed out of those plans. While we thought everything was going to happen, it was really, really bad. And we thought, I might as well be dead. Well, you could take that two ways that I know of. I'm sure there's more. But one of the ways is that that was so that we would trust in God. And the other ones, he said, we had this answer of death in us. And the answer was, I'm going to trust in God. I think that's what he did. That sounds like the same spirit of faith. Spirit of faith will make a tadpole slap a whale. That one guy came to one of Pastor Mark's meetings, old country guy. He said, man, he said, that preaching, he said, that preaching on the spirit of faith, that makes me want to grab a corn stalk, swing out over hell, and spit in the devil's eye. (laughs) 
Well, if, if that's what it's making you want to do, you're kind of beginning to get a glimpse of what the Word teaches. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us and gave Himself for us. It is no coincidence that we are more than conquerors through His love. And perfect love casts out all fear. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He knows exactly what's going on. He's touched with the feelings of your infirmities, but he overcame them, gave himself for us that we could live and, uh, and move and breathe and have our being in his victory. That we are not defeated Weak, poor children of God. We are the triumphant church. We live by faith. We walk by faith. The kingdom of... Kingdom of God. What happened at Jericho? The walls came down. They walked for six days, didn't say a thing. They had the Ark of the Covenant. They had the presence of God with them. And the Lord, because of that, the Lord gave them direction. The Lord said, here's what you do. You go out, you put the priests in front of the ark, you have them blow the trumpets every day, then on, and, and, but you don't say anything, and on the seventh day, I want you, as soon as those trumpets blast, I want you to shout. And the Lord brought down the walls with a shout. Come on. Uh, 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 Paul and Silas, they're in prison. <laughs> they are uncomfortable. They, their backs have been whipped. They are bleeding. They are in a cold, dark, damp place. Their feet are bound. Their hands are bound. And it says at midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. Well, if the prisoners heard them, that means they weren't quiet singing praise to God. Smith Wigglesworth said, no man can doubt if he'll learn to shout. He said... He said, many people, where is it at? May God help us understand this. It is time people knew how to shout in faith as they contemplate the eternal power of God to whom nothing, it is nothing to give life to mortal bodies. And raise the dead. I came across uh, someone, uh, some who would be giants in the power of God, but they had no shout of faith. Many people are just missing a shout. Just missing the shout. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Hallelujah. We are not those who draw back to sin, but we are those who launch forward in faith. I have faith in God. 
we see mountains move. Difficulties and problems take their proper place and their proper perspective when you praise the Lord, when you lift up a shout of faith and a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Shout because Jesus is Lord. Shout because you have the victory. Shout because you're not trying to get the answer. You have the answer. Shout because he is your Lord. Shout because Jesus is the victor. Hallelujah. Let's just give a shout on three, two, one. Hallelujah! Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is Lord. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you this opportunity to receive him. He loves you. He made a plan for you. He doesn't want you uh, walking through life being anything less than what he created you to be. And he did not create you for defeat. He did not create you as a coward. He created you for dominion. He created you uh, to walk with your head held high. Well, it's kind of hard to do that when you're so conscious of all of the sins and um, that you've done or even other people have done to you. The only way of total freedom from that is through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. When you come to Him, He will cleanse you from all of your sins. God will make you a brand new creature in Him. You'll get a brand new start in life. I don't care how old you are. You get a fresh start, a clean slate, however you want to describe it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like to receive Jesus, I want you just to slip up your hand and I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. God loves you and we love you. God has a plan for your life. You maybe have never experienced real love if you've never experienced Him. Number two, if you'd like to come back to God. You, you, you were born again. You walked with the Lord, but He didn't walk away from you, but you walked away from Him. Don't, don't wait another second. Don't be deceived any longer. It's not a far distance. You just turn and come back and the Father sees you far off and he starts a celebration as soon as, as, soon as he seen you, uh, sees you turn back. If you'd like to come back to God, just lift up your hand. Uh, I want to pray with you and for you. And I want us all to declare Jesus' lordship over our lives together. I'm going to pray this prayer and you pray this prayer after me and see to it that you agree in your heart. Faith is of the heart, not the head. God will hear your prayer. Come and change your life. Say this, say, oh God, I believe Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take away my sins and to make me right with you. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. My life is yours. Thank you, Father God, for saving me for forgiving me, for bringing me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen.